0: Welcome to the CBD Ed Show with Edward Cheney, the founder and CEO of Canafil, a manufacturer of CBD-infused products for human and pet consumption. In this program, we will discuss the uses of CBD and other methods for alternatives and complements to conventional medical treatment. Now, here is your host, Ed Cheney.
1: Welcome listeners to today's CBD Ed Show. Uh, Our discussion topic today is going to be cannabis versus alcohol. This is not a subject you want to miss today. There will be some great information. I'm here with Kimberly Rose. Good morning, Kimberly.
2: Hello, everyone. I'm Uh, trying to not say good morning because I... I think everybody listens at different times in the day. So I'm, I'm trying to like break that habit.
1: Sounds good to me. I'm still drinking coffee.
2: <laughs> yes.
1: So, uh, hey, I want to th- reach out and say thank you to, again, Voice America, the Variety Channel, for giving us the platform to be able to do this for our listeners. Uh, again, we are always standing at the ready, reviewing all the research, and sharing that information with you uh, regarding CBD. And this makes you a better buyer, which is helpful to our agenda of protecting this hemp plant for our future generations. Uh, and uh, we also know that a uh, few listeners out there, this is still an unregulated industry. It, regulated, regulations won't be in until first quarter 2021, uh, as we hear from FDA. And so for the entire year of 2020, kind of a wild, wild west. And we're going to be there for you, muddling through what we know is going on in the industry and try to give you the straight talk on it so that you can make good buying decisions. Again, that was our mission for this show. <clears throat> let's, uh, let's just go right into the discussion about cannabis versus alcohol. All yes. right, all right. so CBD has become a successful part of, of all phases of alcohol use disorder, AUD. So, And alcohol use disorder is nothing more than addiction to alcohol. All right. So CBD has already become a successful part of that treatment. CBD is also a natural, non-intoxicating, and non-addictive substance derived from the hemp plant. It just seems easy to say that CBD is a, a good thing to at least look into if you or a loved one needs to deal with AUD. Yes. All right. Alcohol yes. use disorder. Well, you know, so, hey, and, and the reason I should share. Right? You, you've already know this. I'm sure if you've listened to previous episodes, uh, but what they found or what they understand to be true is CBD helps reduce the craving. It helps manage and reduce withdrawal symptoms. It also deals with the issues that may have contributed to the addiction or use of alcohol, and lastly improves overall well-being, which is more than likely what drove one to alcohol in the beginning.
2: Right, some stressful event, some something happened, where, well, or maybe not. Maybe you just started drinking alcohol as you know, as a, a young person, and it was fun because everybody else is doing it.
3: Oh yeah. You Always finally get start, to 21
2: right. and, you know, and then things just start going in a in a not in a wrong direction.
1: Yeah. that there is a trend, a pattern, a habit that starts to form and in we'll in, you know, in our normal fashion, we'll discuss that a little bit more so we have, you know, a, 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 an adequate enough understanding so that the rest of the stuff we share with you makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so, you know, some stats that we're, we were able to uncover from the National Survey on Drug Use and Health. Uh, so, in a, in a survey they did, and I know this was back in 2015, but we couldn't find any recent data. Uh, but we were just looking at a little bit of data anyway, uh, cross-segment of the population in the United States. You know, of the, you know, 16 million plus, you know, in our... Uh, In our our continental United States, they suggested that 86%, I'll say that again, 86% of the American population has tried alcohol. No big deal. Yeah. 86%. All right. They also suggested that 59% drink alcohol on a regular basis. Regular basis for them is just once a week. Okay, if you're doing it once a week, on a regular basis, according to the National Survey of Drug Use and Health. Okay. All right. So over half the population drinks it on a regular basis. You're ready for the big one? 27% of the U.S. population binge drinks. That's a lot. I, 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 I phantom how what that number is. You can do the math. It is an extremely large number.
2: Yeah, yeah, and it, I, I, I got surprised with all of these statistics, mainly because I might be falling into some of them. <laughs> um,
1: well, maybe I, I, should, I still
2: want the clarification for binge drinking.
1: I should share that. <laughs> Thank you. That's a very good question. So according to the NSDUH, mm-hmm. <laughs> the, um, the, uh, the definition of a binge drinker is at a single setting for males – 5 drinks in a, at a single in a single sit- sitting. They suggest that single sitting could be within 2 hours, but two mostly hours. they suggested in a single episode of drinking. 5 drinks for males and 4 drinks for females.
2: Okay, and that's within 2 hours? I mean, is that two an all, hours all day?
1: Is okay. something they suggested. They used both of those terms, both in, within a 2 hour period and within a single Episode, so probably one night of going out or something like that. Yeah. Well, okay. Yeah, gotcha. I'm pretty sure they were they were going for both of those. So oh my goodness, twenty seven percent binge drinking. All right. Now when we came up with this subject for today's episode, cannabis versus alcohol, I wanna to go to a story I wanted to share. And this was uh, this this happened at about I don't know. Four or five years ago, I was just getting into the CBD space. I understood it. Inten- definitely, I had a great understanding of it at this point because I was trying to find a solution for my mother's alternative treatment for cancer because she was, you know, currently in the uh, traditional treatment where um, you know they're using x ray Well, it's just terrible. Anyway, so I was looking for an alternative. So. I'm very well informed about CBD. I also um, have have coached and led the Boy Scouts for most of the last 12, 13, 14 years as my sons uh, grew up in it. And I remember uh, we were all camping out in uh, Northern Arizona. I had about 20 parents around the fireplace around the fire pit and I talked to them just kind of bringing up you know random subjects and then this subject came up I said you know I think I would be more comfortable if my teenage boys started with cannabis instead of started with alcohol and I explained a little bit of the why behind it you know how how diff- how tough alcohol is you know in, on your health and consequences all related to alcohol and um, remember I, I have an intense Understanding of uh, cannabis at this point. But I look around the fire and no one is willing to say anything.
2: Yeah, it was crickets.
1: It was <laughs> crickets. And I think for the rest of those couple of evenings, I might have got shut off by a few parents.
2: Yeah. Like
1: not willing to talk. Now, I left that thinking, wow, that was kind of short-sighted. You know, they're just not interested in hearing uh, the why or not wanting to think through it. And then, as 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 time went on, I started to understand it wasn't that they were frozen; they did not know how to respond to me. Right. They had been brought up in a generation where, if you do marijuana, then you are going to do heroin next. Right? It, 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 yeah, your yeah. life is already over.
2: It is the gateway drug, according to. You know the war on drugs. Yeah, I mean, so that this, whole war was platformed on that, scaring the heck out of everybody.
1: Yeah. So I look back at that, and I, and I think, okay, so I really can help by then sharing and digging into this uh, and sharing this with the the peers that are around with my community, so they're better informed and they can can make a informed decision or at least you know participate in discussions.
0: Yeah,
2: yeah. I mean, listen, nobody wants to think about their teenager doing any of that stuff. Right. Um, especially males have a slower oh, uh, brain awareness. I don't know what you want to say. The frontal lobe it doesn't develop as quickly in males and females, but at, at a certain age, you got to get up to a certain age. So nobody wants to say, I want my kid to do alcohol or
1: No. Cannabis. I know, right? Yeah. Right. But I know they're all sitting back going, I don't have any choice when it comes to alcohol. Right. Eighty-six. Eighty-six percent of the population. Okay. According to, you know, research we done in 2015. So I know parents are sitting back going, yeah, yeah. Their college days, senior in high school. Mm, yeah. True. All right. Anyway, uh, so I know that's on everybody's mind. Let's talk about, let's talk about AUD. All right, Uh, that is, uh, again, alcohol, (coughs) uh, addiction to alcohol. Uh, The thing about alcohol is it tends to trigger the reward and pleasure mechanisms in our brain. Yeah. All right, so over time, the habits and compulsions of wanting to trigger those reward and pleasure mechanisms is what leads to addiction. Right. All right, so... And it just so happens that when you ignore those reward and pleasure systems, it's painful Mm -hmm. because that's the body going, "Uh, uh, uh-uh-uh, I want that back. Thereby, it's going to to give you painful withdrawal symptoms. All right. CBD for alcohol addiction, as a result of recent studies, uh, have become... um, a useful tool for medical professionals, addiction specialists in the U.S., and they're now using CBD in their addiction management protocols. And I have had bunches of conversation. I have a, an addiction center in my my office complex uh, that feels this way about CBD. And mostly it's because the CB1 receptors in the brain are designed to manage the pleasure and pain functions.
2: Yeah, So that's what I've understood with this little research we've been doing is if you do a little CBD, you might not have such a strong urge in the beginning to go and have those few drinks that you're used to having. So it just really, again, as I, I say almost every episode, I feel like it just it, it calms the body, it calms all of those receptors that are going off, saying, "Hey, hey, hey, it's 5:30, it's time for my alcohol, it's time." You were a good girl all day long. <laughs> um, I like so how that's you put what that. CBD does. Yeah. It CBD does it just really calms all of those overwhelming urges sometimes.
1: Okay. Well, let me just uh, summarize on some of the studies I've been able to found. That I've been able to find, um, and I'm just going to read through a, a, a couple of them again in summarized form, so you get, you know, kind of the big picture. Mm-hmm. Um, so some preclinical trials suggest that CBD may be useful in treating alcohol as, alcoholism, as well as reducing the withdrawal symptoms associated with hangovers and, cesa- and the cessation program. You know mm-hmm. the. The the withdrawal, the the wanting to get it back. Uh, Because CBD's neuroprotective properties may help protect the brain from alcohol-related damage in both short and long term. Yeah. All right. Neuroprotective, we've talked about that in previous uh, episodes. Uh, I have another one here. Uh, As many people suffering from addiction also suffer from underlying mental health issues like depression, psychosis, and anxiety disorders like PSTD, social anxiety, and so forth. So CBD can make people less likely to abuse alcohol in the first place because it was designed to have an impact in those areas.
2: Mm. Yeah, on the stress right, and the anxiety that you're feeling. Yeah. Okay.
1: They also did a study uh, that, again, if you want to have more details about that study, then reference back to the, a previous episode last month, uh, on CBD and addiction. Yeah, okay. But in summary, uh, the, the, the conclusions of those studies were the results provided proof of, of principle supporting potential of CBD and relapse prevention along two dimensions. Beneficial actions across several voluntary states and long-lasting effects with only brief treatment. What they were reporting was uh, the animal study, uh, because, again, the animal study that we had talked about in our addiction episode was relevant because both humans and animals have an endocannabinoid system. Yes. Um, In additional studies were, other studies have found that the endocannabinoid, uh, including the number of endocannabinoid receptors in our brain, can be severely depleted and even entirely extinguished by heavy drinking. Now, I'll say that again. So, Heavy drinking can deplete our endocannabinoid system. And then when you go back and consider that people will tend to drink because they suffer from mental issues like depression, psychosis, anxiety, uh, PTSD, and so forth, you can see why this problem just keeps fueling itself. Right. All right. Inflammation in the brain, another study. Causes dis- a distortion in the chemical balance and reduces the normal production of feel-good neurotransmitters like serotonin, GABA, and dopamine. And heavy drinking can have similar effects, where it reduces your system's ability to produce these. I know. I'm. Uh, wow. <laughs> I, I'm. Uh, I, and they're suggesting that it reduces them almost the same as if you had a serious brain injury. Okay, so this, and again, chronic drinking or drinking, binge drinking is what they're referring to. Now, by removing a major roadblock for the production of feel-good chemicals, CBD is showing that it assists in reducing the cravings and the managing painful withdrawals of these symptoms. So, CBD may accomplish this by repairing oxidative stress in a similar manner to the way that traditional antioxidants repair this stress. Okay. All right, sharing. So, in conclusions, uh, researchers are concluding that the reverse also seems to be true. Chronic inflammation can increase the risk of alcohol addiction. As a re- result, CBD is being studied on the fronts of alcohol addiction and alcohol use disorder. Now, it's easy for them to go there because, again, CBD has already been, already been uh, accepted as a great reducer of inflammation. All right, so a little piece on the studies. and uh, this is, this is uh, where we are going to we are going to go in our next segment is we're going to talk about, now alcohol versus cannabis. Now we talked about the bad things about alcohol. Uh, when, our, when we come back from this short break, we're going to get into the really interesting stuff. All right, make sure you come back for this.
3: The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com
4: Live authentically. Heal naturally with Canafil.
3: on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice
4: America. It's always free and easy.
0: You are tuned in to the CBD Ed Show. If you have a question that you'd like addressed on a future episode of our program, please send an email to info at That's info at C-A-N-N-A-F-Y-L dot com. Now back to the CBD Ed Show.
1: Okay, welcome back listeners. Okay, let's continue our subject, alcohol versus cannabis. All right, so there is some study out that suggests a few things I thought was pretty important to share. Uh, baby baby boomers. Baby boomers are drinking it up. They are hitting the bars. Okay? <laughs> they are definitely suggesting uh, that they are drinking a lot more than the millennials. As a matter of fact, they suggest it one out of ten adults, aging adults. Okay? So towards, you know.
2: What, what did we say? We looked it up. Baby boomers are 55 to 75.
1: All right. So, um, yeah. One... Out of every 10, that's a pretty big number. Well. One out of every 10 adults <laughs> in the baby boomer generation are drinking like a fish.
2: I'm not going to say like a fish. That's not. Bell that. up to the
1: bar. <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, we're having All right.
1: fun. All right. <clears throat> so, and it's and that's not the end either. They also suggested that women are now catching up with men. Yeah, and I know that uh, you are going to speak on this. Uh, I'll share a study we uh, we looked into, and this was a, a two thousand and seventeen study by Breslow. the The time period between nineteen ninety seven and two thousand and fourteen. All right, so that looks like a um, that looks like a seventeen year spread. The percentage of men who binge drink. Remember that was drinking five or more at a sitting. Has remained fairly steady over those 17 years. While the number of women who were binge drinking has increased by 4% per year over those 17 years. Yeah. Hmm. All right. And they're suggesting that, or they're speculating that the following commonly associated reasons for women doing this are loneliness following the death of a spouse. Mm-hmm. Anxiety over finances, stress related to caregiving, and empty nest syndrome. So that those those uh, five areas are what they're speculating it might be contributing to. Now, there's also other discussions. You know, we're back in our parents' generation. uh, The roles between male and female were defined differently than they are today. Right. I think. Yeah.
2: There's a little bit more. Um, females are just a little uh, they're in the workforce. They're not staying at home. Um, they're in the workforce. They're leading businesses now. They're, right. I mean, there's just a huge difference in the demographics of the household now.
1: Yeah, and, and I do want to share with you, so science also suggests that women binge drinking have a disadvantage over males binge binge drinking, and here's the two reasons why. Uh, First is uh, the water content in a male is higher than the water content in a female, and water helps Mm -hmm. move that alcohol around. Um, and then the second one is body fat. And body fat in a female is traditionally higher than the body fat in a in a male. And that also contributes. Right. So those two areas, you know, regardless of, you know, how equal we want to be in the workplace, our physical at- attributes are still not equal. So Yeah,
2: we definitely can't drink as much as you, that's for sure.
1: <laughs> right. So if you're heading in that direction, uh, it seems like it's not going to end well
2: yeah yeah and i think honestly i mean so we'll just we'll be completely honest here i i started i don't know i probably was in my 30s or 40s and i would just every night be making a be making dinner like i came home from work make dinner and while I'm in the kitchen, all by myself, making right. dinner, I pour myself a glass of wine. Yep. It, well, it just became a thing that I did while I was making dinner. Um, and I, I, I'll confess, I, I, I probably do it every night when I come home and 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 make dinner. Now, obviously, there, are, you know, if I don't go home or I go do something else or so, something different than going home and making dinner. And having that glass of wine, and that has been going on for for many years. That's just I, how
1: do you feel about that awareness? That's my
2: norm. I know. I know. After reading this study, I was like, oh my goodness, this this whole study is based on on me. <laughs> um, I'm in my fifties. I so I don't know if I really want to say that emptiness syndrome. Yes, the kids grew up and moved out, but I don't that uh, my alcohol consumption didn't increase after that. Uh, stress related caregiving, nope. Anxiety, yeah. Well, anxiety always plays a role. You know, I thought for me it was more about done with my. Again, you were a good girl all day. Mm-hmm. Did your work? Got it all done. Have a glass of wine, relax, make some dinner, and uh, go about your night. Um, so yeah, I'm. I'm. I, I am reading this that uh, the the body, the the total body water. I had no idea about that. Um, I don't tend to drink more than two glasses of wine in an, in two hours. I don't do that. But it, it, it is interesting to, to see that um, it's really easy to fall into um, a habit of drinking alcohol every day. And, you know, my is a glass of wine maybe um, I'll have a glass of beer instead Um, so I I guess I'm going to try and do a little CBD when I first come home and you know, again, I always talk about the two little people in your brain—the one that's going, "Hey, wait a minute!" <laughs> Don't forget, <laughs> it's about only me. one glass; it's right. not a big deal. Yep. You know, of course, the glass gets bigger, and you know all that stuff. So, um, I—I'm going to say that it—it—it it, it, it can lead to things that especially if you have an addictive personality. Yeah. I like to say I don't have one, but maybe after reading this, I do have one because I didn't think that I was um, really relying on alcohol that much.
1: Yeah, I think, I think uh, as I was reading some of that too, that I, I, I understood that there's concerns about health. Yeah. There's concerns about me enjoying my grandkids. There's concerns about something controlling in my life. Um, so it, it, it does seem like the consequences um, that a female for just, you know, light drinking, but is now AUD. So now it has an issue uh, of not having that alcohol on a nightly basis to trigger those feel good, uh, those feel good um, Things in your brain
0: Yeah was, They
1: can be limiting
2: Right And yeah. I was even aware of it The other night again After I'm reading these studies Going Wow So if you watch TV Almost everybody is drinking All yeah. the time yeah. On every TV show but the other night I saw a show where somebody was smoking a cigarette, and I thought, "Oh gosh, I haven't I seen that in a while." See yeah, I haven't seen that in forever. <laughs> I was going
1: to say that's what they used to do for cigarettes.
2: Right, it was <laughs> everywhere. Right, you
1: got a thousand bucks every time you you lit one up.
2: <laughs> oh really? Yeah. Oh yeah. wow, I didn't know that. So it's easy to fall into these habits. Um, Am I going to give up alcohol? Heck no. Mm-hmm.
0: Um,
2: am I going to be a little bit more aware that I might be doing some some damage to my brain? That was probably my biggest um, – I mean, obviously, I know there's uh, other things that happen in the body with alcohol, but um, brain, the brain. I didn't yeah. – uh, I mean, I know, you, you know – it's not great for the brain because you wake up with a massive headache if you do uh, too much drinking in an evening. Inflammation. But yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm glad that I am taking CBD and I'm going to try and maybe use it a, a little bit before I right. feel that need.
1: All right. Well, I appreciate Kim that you were you were sharing
2: uh, <laughs> those
1: those uh, those genuine things with our audience today. Uh, I can sur- certainly connect with you on most of them.
2: Yeah, I mean I guess it's just awareness, right? I'm yeah. becoming aware of a lot of things that maybe I have not been um, th- very good at. Right.
1: Let's let uh let's move the conversation over to cannabis versus alcohol kind of related to the campfire story I shared in in uh, the first segment of today's show. Uh, so that just that that Uncomfortableness with having to make those kind of decisions: alcohol versus cannabis. Yeah. Uh, so let me give you some cool information that uh, that's been shared with me recently. So I spoke with a doctor yesterday, uh, which, by the way, uh, I'm a big fan of now, uh, Dr. Westfield, who's by the way giving a political a political testimony today on the subject of alcohol versus uh, cannabis. And his uh, his position is um, how many he's had to treat an ER because of an an accident related to alcohol consumption. Yeah, how many deaths in his ER that he's dealt with because of alcohol consumption. And he sat and looked at me and he said, "I have none of those for cannabis related <laughs> accidents." None, none, zero. Right, right. And I'm, I, I'm thinking, okay, wow, that's very impactful. Which is why he is, he's giving this testimony today. Uh, I also heard uh, something, and we went to, uh, we went to. Um, every once in a while, we we able to go to these meetings where a panel of of uh, experts will come together and help us kind of unravel through some science and research and so forth. And I was talking to somebody, and and he brought up a great content, a comment about. Alcohol versus cannabis. And he said, you know what? This is how I see this. You put five guys in a room and get them drinking, you got a fight that's going to happen. Five guys drinking, it's inevitable. Yeah. All right. You put five guys in a room and give them marijuana? There's going to be a band. That's it. They're they're going to start a band.
2: Yeah. (laughs) They're They're definitely not going to fight each other.
1: (laughs) They're going to play music.
2: Unless, you know, someone took the last ding-dong or something. But (laughs) there's not going to be a fight.
1: That's very good, Kimberly. Very good. (laughs) So, um, and listen, listeners, if we were all to think about this, the impact, the impact personally, the impact economically, we've seen it over and over and over how much alcohol affects us personally accidents and cost because of
2: the DUI. a, of
1: DUIs and I, just huge and and then the adverse cannabis what's it done right yeah
2: right well i i feel like um, and again this is just personal experience i am much more comfortable uh, driving my car if I've had one drink, than I am if I've had any cannabis. <laughs>
0: right, <And so laughs> I don't. I
2: don't get behind the wheel. So you'll self police. Oh yeah, no, right. it, that's just never going to happen. Um, yeah. But oh yeah, I had a glass of wine. I can drive home. Yeah. And you know, okay, you just had one glass and you might not be impaired, but maybe somebody else r- that you know runs into you. It doesn't matter. Yeah. You know, and it's just a giant horrible process that you get yourself into then um, I I mean I think cannabis is better than alcohol um, again but I also have a, a love for alcohol so yeah it's it's a tough debate um, I'm sure the alcohol people would say oh heck no' we're, this is so much better for you and they've been on the upscale and mm-hmm. nobody has made it illegal to consume like they did with cannabis
1: yeah now and and, you know and you can even extend this conversation about the economic impact uh to our 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 entire uh industry our, our, our our i'm sorry to the united states in general yeah all right so uh our social economic uh impact could be felt this way uh if you're drinking get a dui cause an accident now we are looking at court fees, we're hospital fees, we are uh, comprehensive costs, and then we move into jail time, and then more court time, and there's so many dollars wrapped around um, alcohol use, yes. alcohol abuse, rather, I'll say it that way. Uh, so just economics, it's just, just the dollars, uh, just looking at dollars. I don't see the same impact to users of marijuana or the policing of the use of marijuana.
2: Right, right.
1: I hear a lot of people in jail, right, but nowhere near the amount, not even close to the amount of those who are in jail because of an alcohol consumption issue. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, same with the cost of, of, you know, accidents and somebody getting shot, you know, because they're drunk Mm -hmm. and pissed off. Somebody, you know, just...
2: Well, the stories are in every single news every single day.
1: Every day.
2: Yes, it's not it's not anything that that uh, and and why it wasn't that you know a war on alcohol. <laughs> right now, listen, I believed in the war on drugs as far as you know your opioids and all of your all the the big nasty stuff. I don't know if marijuana needed to be swooped up in that campaign. I re- and we we definitely know that the hemp plant should not have been.
1: Let's just say, thanks, Nixon. Well, thanks, thanks, President Nixon. Yeah. Way to
2: go. Yeah. I mean, the hemp <clears throat> plant never had enough THC to even get anybody high, but yeah. they didn't want to even look at that. They said, nope, we're, t- we're taking
1: everything. <laughs> There's a little bit more to that story, but probably today's show is not the day to, right. to uh, go into that kind of depth. Uh, but it is a very interesting story, I'll tell you that. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, and I, I, I think about it from... Um, our government uh, again. The economic impact—it makes sense. Put more restrictions on alcohol and less restrictions on cannabis. Uh, from a from a um, just a destructive place, it makes more sense to move over to cannabis than it does uh, to stay with alcohol.
2: You know, one thing I'd like to know is: Are they going to put an age limit on it? You know how they do with alcohol, you have to be 21.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And now nicotine, you have to be 21. So, I mean, I would think that you would just go ahead and that would be an automatic also. I don't know.
1: Right. Hey, brain, listen, brain development. Yeah. Let's let that brain develop. Now, I think hemp is going to get divided in. Uh, so the psychoactive component, THC, is still a part of the health benefits Right. That come with the cannabis strain of plants, but it is, the, it is the extreme amount of THC that's present in the marijuana strain of the hemp family or the cannabis family. That marijuana strain has that high THC in it. They will instead just looking at measuring the THC, but not necessarily associating it with the cannabis line of plants, just isolating out the marijuana plant. Right. Okay, because again, THC has so many benefits in smaller doses. Right. Not in the high dose that's found in the the marijuana plant. Yeah. It's the only reason it's psychoactive. And it's short sighted for us to even combine the entire cannabis plant as something we should be concerned or afraid of. Right. It was just short sighted. Could have been a backdoor deal. Wait a minute. I do know these things, but (laughs) I won't share them today. (laughs) Um, all right so listen when we uh, let's we're gonna take a short break but when we come back we are going to talk more about how CBD is used for addiction we're going to look at what's on the horizon and then again talk about how we can protect this plant this hemp plant mother nature's plant for our future generations and you know what I mean about that I don't want big farmer taking it I don't want our government taking it. I want our next generation, our children, to decide what to do with it. Yes. Anyway, make sure you come back. This is going to get interesting.
3: The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com
4: Live authentically. Heal naturally with Canafil. canafil giving you your life back
3: tune in for in the black host bob dickerson and his guests take a look at black america and its socioeconomic place in the black we'll discuss the positive issues affecting black americans including education improvements business growth closing the racial wealth gap activism and more in order for america to reach its full potential black america must do the same tune into in the black live every wednesday at 2 p.m eastern time and 11 a.m pacific time on the voice america variety channel if you are a pet owner you know there's a special connection between us and our pets they are part of the family. The owners of Special Breeds also understand the important roles they play. Tune in for Greyhounds Make Great Pets to find out more about one special breed. Hosted by Rory and Kathy Goray, along with TJ Beater, we'll focus on Greyhounds, but we'll also cover topics that apply to any pet owner, like animal welfare issues, racing, and more. Listen live Fridays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern, on Voice America Variety. business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite hosts. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access, all the time. Streaming live, the leader in internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com.
0: are tuned in to the CBD Ed Show. If you have a question that you'd like addressed on a future episode of our program, please send an email to info at That's info at C-A-N-N-A-F-Y-L dot com. Now, back to the CBD Ed Show.
1: Alright, welcome back listeners. Okay, so today we are talking about alcohol versus cannabis. Yes. Um, I see that there are a a very even split between the subject matter of today's show. One side is, yes, CBD is now being used for addiction issues with alcohol in that uh, the alcohol has has some pretty big impact on us both financially and on our health and mental wellness. Yes. All right, so that's one side. The other side of the table is, Is people are having these conversations, alcohol versus cannabis, and they're still uncomfortable actually stepping out fully into that light. And I'd like to say baby boomers might be the biggest segment of that group who are still somewhat uncomfortable about having these kind of conversations. And so... We want to be helpful here. We want to be able to start those conversations, plant some seeds so that you can further your own knowledge uh, of this conversation of cannabis over alcohol. Mm-hmm. All right. So that's kind of the direction this show is taking today. Um, let's, let's give you a quick, if you have decided that CBD might be helpful if you're trying to rid yourself of an addiction addiction. May that addiction be alcohol. May that addiction be caffeine, or stronger drugs, uh, you know, scheduled uh, drugs. Uh, here's uh, here's the method in which and how, how to use CBD. And again, if you're going to a treatment center, they'll have their own protocol. But this is if you decide to do something on your own. Mm-hmm. All right. So the two ways in which to uh, take CBD, if you're going working on an addiction, is through tincture. That is putting something under your tongue, holding it there for 60 seconds, because that's a very quick and thorough absorption mechanism under your tongue, and thereby, that'll that'll get the CBD into your system fairly quick. Yes. Okay, and then the other one would be uh, to vapor uh, vaporize or vape the CBD. Yes. So get yourself a cartridge, a small pen, and uh, allow uh, this CBD product to go into your uh, your respiratory system. Now, here, here, here are the reasons for the two. Uh, tinctures, if you do this on a, on a predictable, frequent timetable, so you do it every morning and every evening, you're going to keep a high level of cannabinoids in your system, and thereby giving your, your human endocannabinoid system what it needs to function correctly.
2: Right. Bring you back to homeostasis. Homeostasis.
1: Nice and easy and clear. The bigger your addiction, the more I want your dosage to be. But we'll get to that. And then the second is vaping your CBD. It is so fast that when you are going through your day and you hit a rough spot. Now remember, you're working on resolving an addiction problem. You hit a rough spot and that urge comes back to you if you use Uh, a vapable cbd pen and take two or three hits off of it you'll get immediate relief from that urge
2: right and you're not going to get high
1: not will not get high that's correct
2: you're just going to take that urge and make it a little softer maybe even override it you're going to be able to do that now with vaping it doesn't last as long in the body okay so it's an hour and a half couple really hours really quick to to start yeah you get immediate relief but then yeah about an hour and a half or so you might have to take another couple uh, hits off of yeah or check yourself or check yourself yeah, yeah, yeah if you're fun. fine you've you've gotten past that urge then you can just go on about your day
1: And this is my time to say we are only talking about CBD derived from the hemp plant under 0.3% THC right So when she says you're not getting high, uh, we're not kidding. As long as you know you are buying a reputable product.
2: Yes, make sure, yes, you get a good quality product. I'm not talking about a cannabis vape pen. I'm not talking about anything off the street or anything that you're getting from someone that just doesn't look like a real reputable CBD store.
1: And remember, the second piece of this is, remember, CBD has already been it's already been agreed. It is natural, non-intoxicating, and non-addictive. Yeah. All right. Okay. So if you are treating your CBD, or if you're treating your addiction with CBD, tincture and vape, dosage should go this way. Dosage for somebody having, uh, using it for addiction, I want you to break it into two areas. The, the older and heavier you are. I'm sorry, the older and heavier you are, I want you to move up in dosage, Mm -hmm. okay? If you're 120 pounds, you're in your 30s, you might be looking at 25 milligrams in the morning, 25 milligrams in the evening. Mm
2: -hmm. Yes.
1: If you are 200 pounds and you're in your 50s, you might double that. Right. Are we good? Right. So you might move to a 50 in the morning, and 50 in the evening. There's two ways to tell dosage. If you get a bottle, a tincture bottle from a manufacturer, you buy a bottle and it comes home with you, normally the dropper is one milliliter. Right. Normally the bottle is 30 milliliters. The bottle will say, hey, in this bottle, there's a thousand milligrams of CBD. So if I take a thousand milligrams and divide it by 30 doses, That's how I can determine what each dropper has in it. Good? Yes. All right. All right. 33 milligrams, by the way. In a 30. Yes, in a a 1,000, right? All right. Here's the other piece. Remember I told you to split. So age and weight, one side. Your level of addiction is on the other. Right. Feel free. The heavier the addiction, the heavier the withdrawal symptoms are going to be. Feel free to jump your... Your, uh, your 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 dosage by twenty five percent, and every time you it, move it up by twenty five percent until you feel the relief that you're looking for. If you are doing, if you are doing thirty milligrams in the morning and thirty milligrams in the evening, and you aren't getting the relief you're looking for, go ahead and step it up to forty.
2: Or or as I've suggested before, put a middle dose in there.
1: Or middle dose, you Yes. Bet. But she's, she's absolutely saying it correct. The bigger your addiction is, do mm. not be afraid of taking CBD. We have a lot of baby boomers who just don't get it. That CBD is natural, non-intoxicating, and non-addictive. World Health Organization has made that claim. We do not see a problem with humans.
2: Right, All right, right. right. Yeah. So I, I think the dosage is always, you know, you are you you are your own doctor in this case, I guess we're wanting to say because obviously the FDA hasn't told us, you know, what's what's what. Yeah. So yes, say, okay, I need I took twenty five milligrams in the morning, but I started getting feelings like around two o'clock in the afternoon. But, what do I do? Take another twenty five milligrams. Don't wait. Right. Don't Symptoms wait just get worse. until the evening because yeah. then. And then if you need it for sleep, because, again, there you are fighting those addiction uh, little devils in your head.
1: Yes, good call, Kimberly. Take
2: another 25 milligrams so you can get a good night's sleep.
1: Which helps with everything. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. And remember, neuroprotective, too. So at the same time, it's right. helping those brain those brain cells. Well, gosh, that's what I'm hoping for because, again,
2: <laughs> because I identified with my uh, my uh, I want I don't want to call it a habit, but I guess my consumption. Yeah. Um. Uh, yeah, I don't. Uh, I want to get to my senior citizen age and remember <laughs> everything and everybody.
1: Right. Well, let's. Uh, so feel free to reach out to us any time you'd like at info at canfield dot com regarding. Use of product, dosage, you feel free, you can share with us, you know, some specifics about yourself, and we will help you understand best dosage. Yes. Okay. It's also super important. So Kimberly has talked about, you know, go ahead, take your 25 milligrams of CBD in the morning. Well, what's super important for you is to make sure the product you are buying is reputable. Right. You take 25 milligrams of something that's reputable, all the stuff that we are discussing applies if you take 25 milligrams of something that is not reputable, I, we can't help you.
2: Well, yeah, it, and it's not going to help you. Right.
1: So, 25 milligrams of hemp seed oil, worthless, worthless.
2: Well, yeah, you might as well just cook your breakfast in it. That's all
1: it's... You know, I, I, we can't say this enough. FDA has not stepped in yet. So it is up to us manufacturers to self-police.
2: Yeah. And if you and don't
1: find that's happening... Be suspicious.
2: Right, right. right. And these go- dosage guides are really just, uh, it's just an easy way for you to get started. Again, once you get home, you feel yourself for a few days, then you can adjust your dosage. Well It's said. just a suggestion. Can,
1: yep, that's right, because each one of us can be uniquely different.
2: Yeah, we all are. All right. We all are.
1: So, but because this is not addictive, there's no issues with health, go ahead and play with it. Right. All right. And then once you find your dose, then you can settle in. You can even reduce it as symptoms start to dissipate. And that's a nice, good economic decision because you won't have to buy it as often. Right. Okay. What do we see on the horizon? Well, we've already talked about uh, one thing that's obvious all the studies that are being done since the Farm Bill released hemp. From the schedule list, all those studies that are being that that have already started, well, their results are going to start getting released in twenty twenty. I'm excited. Uh, I'll be excited to hear see those real studies. Yeah. I also know, sprinkled in with those real studies, are going to be lobbyists mm-hmm. who are going to take stuff out of context. And there are going to be news people who are going to sensationalize things, again, out of context. Be ready in 2020. There's going to be a lot of fronts playing out, everybody trying to do a quick cash grab before the industry becomes much more stable, which I believe will happen in early 2021.
2: Well, let's hope so. I I would really like the stigma to go off of it. I mean, it's
1: just... Well, and that stigma is attached to uh, marijuana Uh, still being uh, on the schedule. And um, so as soon as the recreational use of marijuana uh, is passed, which, you know, in the November election this year, we believe that to be absolute. uh, Once it is passed, then over time, I think the baby boomer generation will start to move away from that stigma. We'll start becoming more acceptive to small amounts of thc being healthy large amounts of thc being something you should not do and then drive a vehicle right right
2: right. yes
1: Um, and so that's that's uh, what we see is going to happen in 2020 so lots of information we also see tons more brands being thrown into the market Lots and lots and lots of brands. So that means it's going to be even tougher for you to try to discern between which brand is reputable and which one is not. All right, we'll help you fight in 2020. I know that. That's what we will be doing for you. Uh, I think the the spread between THC and CBD is going to get smaller. In other words, people aren't going to look at CBD as being completely different from THC there so at small doses those two are going to come together uh, for a medicinal for for medicinal uh, discussions high doses of CBD is always going to be recreational we got that, that oh that's... you mean THC yes I, yeah I, I, okay <laughs> so but small doses of THC and CBD those two kind of they come together and are very beneficial to us yeah
2: uh, very uh, helpful for
1: health and wellness mm-hmm. all right I see so we see that happening we see testing. Uh, almost there. It's almost, it's really super close, and I think that's going to help with the two t- two thousand and twenty November election. If there is a good testing regimen for high THC, you know the kind of THC that you know you don't want people out driving and so forth. So they're going to get testing uh, with that, and that will also remove concerns of taking hemp low level THCs and having some kind of a drug test at work. Because right. that will now go away. So now they're only going to be concerned about high levels of THC. I don't want you. Let's use the term baked while you're here at work, right? Yeah. And it'll be easy to discern to discern between the two. Like I said, 003 percent THC, guys, is nothing. Right? Nothing. I can take it all day long. Nothing. Okay. Um, so that's kind of what we see coming up in two thousand and twenty. Uh, we also have our own agenda, which is protect the hemp. Yes. Listen, that is not going to be an easy task. You guys know that. You know Big Pharma is after this thing. Like, uh, yeah, It just says money to them all day long. And I got to tell you, government's not far behind them. They see dollar signs. They're just trying to figure out who to get the most from. Right. I know. I know. I'm, I'm on a soapbox. But listen, again, I've watched two of my loved ones get trashed by today's uh cancer treatment solution yeah yeah i'm I'm, I'm definitely not willing to give this up period so in our efforts in 2020 to protect this plant for our future well again we're just going to elicit some help from our listeners and here's how you can help share this show more listeners the more impact
2: yeah, we need to we need to actually start a movement. Yes. Um, listen, yes, I take CBD, but I've, I you know, I don't share, I don't talk about I it. I don't want anybody to know about it. <laughs> now most of my customers do. I mean, I had a guy come in the other day, he goes, "This lady told me this
1: was the thing to do." Right. And listen, and that's fairly common you guys, but the bigger our voice is, the more opportunity we have to protect this. If we don't say anything, that is a big, wide-open door for pharma and big and government just to walk right through it and take it. Right. If none of us say something. Now, what's really cool is the the uh, babe, uh, the uh, millennials all over it. They're like, uh-uh, you are not taking this plant. So come on, baby boomers, jump on board. Here's another thing you can do. Uh, we want to uh, do hashtag protect the hemp. We want to start this movement. We want people to start talking. Okay? We'll have a good social media uh, program in place, and we're going to get people to start discussing this. So, again, hashtag protect the hemp. Yes. Yes. All right, good. Okay, uh, how about uh, the more you guys talk about this, the better. That's closing that door for big pharma and big government. So talk, talk, talk.
2: Yeah, and if you use it on a regular basis and you get rid of your pharmaceuticals, wow, that's even better.
1: All right. This radio show also is an opportunity. So if you have a contribution towards our mission for protecting this plant, feel free to email us. Uh, We can have you participate in the show via phone call. You're welcome. We can have you come down to the studio. You can enjoy what it's like to actually be on the radio. Feel free to. You just have to reach out to us. Info at Cannafil.com.